This is episode 144. Smarter Parenting welcomes you to our podcast series, The Parenting Coach for ADHD. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome. I'm glad to have you. I am Siope, your host here at the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. I'm super excited today because we're going to talk about ADHD and trauma and how they're connected. A lot of people don't know this, but they are really like the same coin, just different sides of the same coin. So we're going to talk about that. But before we get into that, I want to do some housekeeping things. I want you to know that we are going to have an additional host here on the Smarter Parenting Podcast. Her name is Kimber, and I am excited to introduce her to you. You're going to start to hear some things from her. We're going to collaborate on some things, and she's fantastic. She comes with a wealth of experience. And so there is a lot happening in Smarter Parenting and in coaching. So we are excited about all of that We are excited about everything that's happening in regards to Smarter Parenting. Now, today, as we talk about ADHD and trauma, I am going to introduce you to a family, to Nina and her husband, Jorge, and their son, Matias, who is 10 years old. There are three other children. They're all girls in the home. And we're going to talk about this issue of ADHD and trauma and trying to differentiate between the two. So Nina, Jorge, and Matias, thank you for letting me share your story. They felt would be helpful for other parents who are going through this whole process of trying to understand and connect with their child. So I'm going to share a little bit about their story, but there are three specific things that we are going to cover in this podcast. I'm also going to give you a book recommendation specifically related to trauma that I think would be helpful for you. It really goes into depth. It's highly rated by both professionals and by people who have read the book and helps people understand how trauma really affects the brain and our bodies. Let's jump into Nina, Jorge, Matias, and their story, and then the three things that I want to cover. Well, let me explain the three things I want to cover in this podcast. First, how ADHD and trauma are related to each other. So I want to talk about how they are connected. The second thing I want to go over is the brain deficits with trauma and ADHD. So what is actually happening in the brain to cause the symptoms that we see happening? And then the third thing is using the skill of observe and describe. So we have this skill on the Smarter Parenting website. You can jump over there to the website, watch the video, and it walks you through. It's a very simple skill, but it is so powerful. If you're able to do it well and your child is able to do that, you're going to find that it is going to help your child learn how to regulate their emotions and their responses to things. So... Let's talk about Nina, Jorge, and Matias. This is a family that I have known for a while. They reached out for some additional help with their child who was officially diagnosed with ADHD. Now, with Nina and Jorge, they had taken uh, Matias to school, and teachers had reported some dysregulation in his behavior. He was having problems with everything that was happening in the school, with peers. He would often get in fights. The teacher would at times have to remove him from the other classmates to keep him from uh, interacting with the other kids. 
in negative ways during lessons and then reintegrate the child back so the lesson could be taught. So there were some things that were happening with uh, Jorge and Matias. And so the teacher told them that Matias has ADHD. Now, they believed it, and he went unofficially diagnosed with ADHD based off of observations from a teacher for a couple of years until they started to notice that nothing was working really well in addressing the behavior. So Nina and her husband took Matias to see a pediatrician, and the pediatrician went off of what the teacher was reporting and what the parents were reporting. He did an assessment and came with a diagnosis of ADHD. So they started working towards trying to regulate his behavior, trying to help him learn how to control his anger, his frustration. He would have nightmares. Uh, He had interrupted sleep. He dealt with impulsivity. He had problems connecting with others his own age. In addition to the concentration, he had problems with concentrating in school. Well, nothing seemed to work. And so uh, they reached out to me, and in our discussions, I asked Nina and Jorge about this history, and I asked them to take Matias in again to have an evaluation and to see if ADHD is the only thing he is struggling with, and they did. They took him in for a second opinion to see what was going on, and the second evaluation came back with him struggling with trauma. He actually experienced some trauma, which is why it's important to go through a professional and really have them do thoroughly a history of the child, what has happened in the past. So their family had experienced some violence um, done to them, and Matthias was a witness to some of the violence that had occurred at the time. And so there was this feeling of unease when he was younger, there was this feeling of unease, and this could help explain some of the issues that were happening. So ADHD and trauma are related. He was still diagnosed with ADHD, but also with trauma, and you can be diagnosed with both of those. Now, I want to give a definition of what is trauma, because we need to have clear definitions. We already have discussed what ADHD is, but what is trauma? Trauma is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. And this could be caused by the death of a loved one, bullying, a car accident, physical or sexual or emotional abuse, neglect, living through a natural disaster, being a victim of a crime or witnessing a crime, experiencing some type of racism or some type of othering. So all of these things can cause a child to experience trauma. And what's interesting is that in a poll done with adults, they found that 70% of adults report that they've been traumatized by something, that there's a lingering trauma that they're dealing with. So when you're dealing with a child who cannot communicate well about the things that are happening around them, they're trying to make sense of the world, Sometimes they incorporate what is occurring and it results in behaviors, negative behaviors. And this is where trauma and ADHD overlap because the symptoms are very similar. The symptoms for trauma and for ADHD and even for PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder are difficulty concentrating, poor memory, 
emotional dysregulation, interrupted sleep, impulsivity and or restlessness, problems connecting with others, and even substance abuse. Now, when Nina had come to me first, I had asked a little bit about their past history. And that's where I learned that there was this incident that happened where he had witnessed violence as a young child and that what had happened since that event was the child, Tias, would not be able to sleep through the night. He felt unsafe. And he would always try and sneak into his parents' room, sleep on the floor. He would complain when they tried to move him back. He would cry, throw a tantrum. And then he would have difficulty concentrating, especially around very specific types of people, which is why I recommended she go in and have another evaluation done with a professional. Uh, and so it was interesting that with the second professional, they did the history, they were able to have more information, and that is what resulted in the ADHD and trauma diagnoses, right? So they are connected. They're very connected, and sometimes they can be confused. So the first time that they took Matias in, it was diagnosed specifically as ADHD, largely on the reports of the parents and the teacher. The parents had believed what the teacher had said. They had taken that to the pediatrician. And sometimes when you are uber-focused that way, things tend to move into that direction. I'm not criticizing the first pediatrician that made the, the diagnosis of just ADHD, but sometimes if you feel like, hey, I am still not sure that this is the right diagnosis, I would say to parents, follow your gut, get a second opinion. Get a second opinion. Now, there are studies that have come out, and I will include these in the notes that you can access on the Smarter Parenting website that talk about how adverse childhood experiences and ADHD are connected. And they're most likely to be diagnosed as ADHD and not as trauma. So that is the first thing that we covered. We're, we're talking about how ADHD and trauma are related to each other. Okay, so there is a relationship there. Now, the second thing I want to talk about is the brain with ADHD and trauma. So what happens is people with ADHD are often bullied they or they feel that they don't fit in they struggle academically and socially in school and are you know often told by adults that they need to improve their behaviors and sometimes children don't feel like they have control of that like they can't control it what is happening is the body's chronic stress responses and that's something that we call the fight or flight response is activated and what we call it in mental health is the sympathetic arousal. This is an activation of the sympathetic nervous system, which is the body's involuntary response to danger or causes adrenaline or cortisol to rush through the body, increase the heart rate, and the muscles become tense. So there's a physiological thing happening when ADHD or when trauma is triggered. With children who struggle with ADHD and trauma, this is a constant state of their being, this hypervigilance sometimes in regards to what is happening around them. If this response happens over and over and over again, as it does for children with ADHD, when they're navigating their day, you know, I mean, children are dealing with disappointments, 
They're dealing with uh, adults telling them what to do. It actually causes a blow to their self-esteem. Their body learns to treat everything as a dangerous threat. Their brain is activated into fight or flight, which is a lot of the tantruming behaviors, the struggles that they have. And so over time, it creates a fixed action. And this is where when you exercise that part of the brain consistently, the brain is a muscle, that is the automatic response. You're going to respond in a very specific way every single time. So your brain over time starts to absorb what has occurred. Your child starts acting out. What is interesting about this dynamic is that your brain is consistently struggling in many areas to feel safe or to feel secure, right? And this is with trauma. And ADHD, with the symptoms of ADHD and with trauma, they can look very, very similar. So the brain is just consistently in this state of not feeling safe. In the case of Nina and Matthias, this is what was happening. He had focused on an event that was traumatizing, and it would keep him from sleeping well. He wanted to be close to his parents at night. He struggled. They would admonish him. They would give him consequences, which further made him feel less safe and less able to regulate his emotions because he was struggling. Uh, In our work together in the parenting, I recommended that they take Matthias to see a therapist, and I would work with them on the parenting side. What are some things that they can implement in their home? Now, one of the treatments for trauma is that because it's a physiological event that is happening, where your brain is having a response to an event and then your body responds, is you can use the skill of observe and describe. Now, observe and describe is sounds so, so simple. It really does sound very, very simple. However, it is so powerful when you use it effectively and you use it consistently because what it does is it helps you check in with the things that you are observing and ground you into the reality of what is happening right now. If we think back at what trauma is, it's a past event that is recurring back and forth in the mind of the child. When you can ground them in where they're at right now, it disrupts that flow. It disrupts their mind from going off into that past experience. So at Nina, we started talking about observe and describe. Observe and describe simply is you're going to observe something and you're going to describe it. In many instances, we use this for behaviors that we can observe and we can describe. When I was working with Nina, what I wanted her to do was observe the behaviors of her child when he's having a difficult time. What are his shoulders doing? What are his arms doing? How heavy is his breathing? Is he making eye contact? All of those things are cues because when she is able to focus in on the behavior she is seeing and describe that to her son, what happens is her son Matthias has to register that he is actually doing those things. 
So, for example, if we want someone to focus in on something, we want to talk about it. So, for a child, they won't think about having, for example, a graham cracker unless we bring it up, or you know, having time for a computer game, extra time for a computer game. Sometimes they may be so wrapped up in what's happening around them that those things don't pop up in their mind. But when we introduce those things, then it registers in their mind and they have to take account of what it is that you're saying. And so we're using the same technology by bringing the child in sync with himself and his body in the moment. This is called somatic therapy. You may hear this. It's a treatment for people who struggle with trauma. But what we're doing as a parent, and this is a skill that a parent can use in their home, pay attention to what is happening. Observe and describe what you see in your child's behavior. And your child will take stock. Sometimes they won't realize that they're doing what you're saying they're doing. But once you say it, they have to think about it and they have to acknowledge yes or no. So for Nina, it was, okay, you're going to observe and describe his behavior when he comes into the room and wants to stay in your room. So she made a list of things that he would do when he came into the room. For example, he would sneak into the room and then when confronted, he would stand up and He would hold the blankets around his arms. So we practice observing and describing that. So Nina was to say, Okay, Matias, I see that you are holding the blanket wrapped around you tightly. It's as simple as that. Matias then would take stock and nod his head yes. And if you are able to do this well, what you'll get is a lot of yeses from the youth. And when you get a lot of yeses, there is a lot more room for you to get compliance in what you're working with. So in working with Nina on this skill of observe and describe, what we were able to do was to help mom connect with her son when he was having these episodes and then ground him in the reality that everything around him at the moment was a safe space. So he wasn't going back into the trauma and reliving the experience. This is deep stuff, folks super deep stuff. But this is a way to ground your child in the reality and to say, I am here with you right now. I'm here. And I see you. I acknowledge you. And we are in a safe place right here. Now, of course, the family was going through therapy as well to help deal with these things. But this is the parental skill that I wanted them to focus on observe and describe so they can build rapport, get into a space where it wasn't argumentative and where they weren't going back and forth with each other and arguing about it, but they were able to connect to make that connection as parent and child so they can learn from it and move from it. Once a child experiences this in a new way, you are open to introducing other ways to dealing with stressful situations. And eventually the goal is to help Matthias learn to observe and describe his own behaviors so he can regulate those. So he can observe, okay, right now I am twitching my fingers. Okay, what do I need to do instead? Or, okay, right now I'm feeling tense up in my shoulders. 
What are some things I can do to relax them? It's taking stock in observing and describing what it is that you are doing. And it's observing and describing what the parent is observing and describing the child is doing. So really, the mom is doing this for Matthias to help make the connection. And eventually, down the road, we, we teach Matthias how to be able to do this skill with himself so he can regulate what is happening. This helps short-circuit that fight-or-flight response that children experience. So again, this is the parental skills technique that I recommended for this family, as well as a therapeutic intervention to deal with the trauma that he was dealing with and that the family was dealing with because they were all present, but they all processed the experience differently. Now, the one book that I recommended for Nina to read was a book called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's a fairly popular book. It was printed in 2015. But The Body Keeps the Score is a fantastic outline of how trauma really does manifest itself in our body and how our bodies are a conduit to traumatic events and learning how we can overcome trauma by recognizing that our body is also a tool, even though it can manifest in the body. If we are aware of this, we can make some changes in the way our body responds, and this helps us overcome the trauma that we may feel. So there's a lot in this podcast. What I want you to do as a parent is focus in on the skill of observe and describe with your child who may be having uh, episodes, who may have been diagnosed with ADHD, or maybe who knows if they have trauma or anything. In fact, you can use observe and describe in a lot of ways. And in fact, it's not specific for ADHD and trauma. You should be able to use this in any situation. It helps ground the kids in the reality of the moment rather than having them fixated on the past or fixated on the future. It's saying, we're present, we're here, we're now. I'm observing this from you right now. So observe and describe. With Nina and Matias, it's going to be a long road for them. They still have a lot to work through as far as the trauma goes. But we're working with parent skills as well on the side, which helps increase the speed of recovery for Matias. But it also helps connect the family in a lot of ways. This is an example of how, you know, coaching can help a parent learn parenting skills while the child is still in therapy to help bring the family closer together in a much quicker way. I do need to give a shout out to Nina for letting me share their story. Uh, thank you. Thanks for letting me share that. Uh, she felt like it would be helpful for a lot of parents to not trust the first diagnoses, that if you feel in your gut something else is wrong, get a second opinion. And be sure that they get a history, a past history, and realize that there are a lot of symptoms that are similar between different mental disorders or mental issues. Just be aware of that. Okay, trauma and ADHD. I could go on this forever. In fact, I probably will continue this conversation about trauma and ADHD, but also trauma and PTSD. So there are a lot of connections between all of these diagnoses, and parents really do need to be aware that there are connections in here. This is why it's so important to go to a professional and get them to do the evaluation. I've heard too many times parents diagnose their children with ADHD where it may be something else or 
you know, other people who are working with their children. So like a, a camp counselor or a church leader or a teacher who say, hey, your child has ADHD. I've seen it in a ton of other children. They may have seen the symptoms, but they may not understand that there are multiple issues that could contribute to the symptoms that they're seeing. So just be cautious and be aware. We care about you and about how things are going for you and your family. So that's it for me, and I will see you again next week. All right, catch you later. Bye.